Hi, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Numbers. This is the program where we dig deeper to understand what matters most in business. I'm Dave Bookbinder, best-selling author and senior director of valuation services at CFGI, where I help my clients in valuation of their most important assets. In my world, business value and business performance is measured by the numbers, but savvy leaders understand that there's usually more to that story. Today, we're going to be talking about the ROI of the hiring process with my guest, Ernie Russum, who is executive director of the Westview Associates. Ernie, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Dave, it's great to be here this morning. We're thrilled to have you. Tell us a little bit about Ernie Russell and the Westview Associates, please. I'm a Penn State undergrad, Temple Business School. Uh, my, my career has been spent in uh, financial analysis doing pricing of very large uh, very large institutional funds and uh, very large transportation leasing uh, processes. Migrated at PNC into uh, risk management and uh, was actually with a uh, director of a major accounting firm in Philadelphia. I got involved in the hiring process at at, uh, at the accounting firm where we took it from about 20 people to just under 200 in about 18 months. So it was the idea of getting out there and understanding how to hire, how to hire correctly, understand the client's needs, and most importantly, making sure the ROI of the hiring process is effective and as efficient as possible. Yes, that's an interesting shift. So what, what lit that fire, if you don't mind? Um, it's uh, kind of a personal deal. We were up at um, buying a bank on the uh, 20th anniversary of, uh, of, uh, of Agnes, Hurricane Agnes, tropical storm, and it came mm -hmm. through. And uh, we were acquiring the bank. And what it came down to was when you're in there on a Saturday morning doing covert work, doing pricing analysis, there is desks. This office is pretty much all intact with the stains on the rugs where the people work, coffee mugs, pictures of their families. The acquisition went through. We came back uh, about three months later. That room, all those desks, all those cubicles were just piled in the corner, and those nearly 100 people were now out of work. All that was left in that room of remnants of them were the coffee stains and the life stains on those rugs. It hit me, Dave, that it's not, it's not the bottom line that's affected, it's the people. It's the people that's affected. And that's why when I got into the process, I wanted to make sure that I could hire the individuals who were best for that organization, making that organizational work. So the ROI of that hiring process now is moving forward. Yeah, that's good stuff. And I, I think this is rather intuitive for a lot of people, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Why is it so important that you get the hiring process right? It is extremely important because of the cost. It's the cost of hiring somebody. It's the cost of them making potential mistakes. Uh, so it's a cost to your bottom line. And then also, once you do realize you have an error, you don't have to wind that person down. And so you've taken that cost of that salary and, inc and increased it by pretty much 70% of the cost of getting rid of that person. Um, it's not right for them. It's not right for the organization. It's not right for the customers. Costs involved all around. So the process that I've designed looks at what I think is probably the most important component of that is culture of the organization understanding that and getting culture of the individual. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about that. Sure. But before we do, you mentioned a couple of times already about the ROI, and we talked about it in the opening of the program, the ROI of the hiring process. Tell us a little bit about what that really means and how is it measured? For me, it's measured by going back and understanding what is a long-term production of that employee. Uh, the process that I follow is based upon cultural match, making sure somebody wants to be there and work every morning, and also have the ability to perform the job and be a long-term provider. In my process, and I've tracked this, 
The individuals who I hire tend to be the longer-term, more productive employees within your organization. Longer-term, more productive, hence enhancing the ROI of the process. Okay, and I think everybody understands that there's certainly a cost of a bad hire. Uh, can you speak at all to the, the upside, so to speak? The upside of having a great hire? Yeah. It is, it's a situation where you have smiles all around. Dave, I gotta tell you, it turns me on when I can sit back and talk to a client or have a client call me and say, hey, we hired that CFO. You told us how this person would match into our culture. You told us about this person's productivity, how they were getting out of the box. That person is now not only our longest tenured employee, that employee is also our most productive person we've ever had in that spot. I have clients who come back to me and say, hey, I want a controller. But as my part of my investigative process is, where are we going 12 months from now? What is that person going to be doing? What's going to be celebrated at 12 months from now? 36 months from now. And then we hire the individual, and I assist my clients through that process, of hiring that individual who will now achieve that mark. I have a very small, relatively small client nonprofit in Delaware. We hired their controller with the idea of putting that person 12 months later into the um, director of operations role. That person's in there knocking the cover off the ball, and that client has now refer additional business to me inside their operation and also others within their network. So yeah. it's satisfied customers as well. You said a couple things in there that's interesting that I want to unpack just a little bit. I don't want you to, to reveal your secret sauce, so to speak, unless you were inclined to do so. But you alluded to this um, evolution of the role of the hire. So it, it's pretty, I think, I don't want to say easy, it's probably not the right word to use it, but in my layman's terms, kind of straightforward if you're looking it's to, very to fill a role, right? Yeah. There's, a, there's a fit, there's an opportunity. How do you extrapolate that into this evolutionary role uh, that you just described? How do you know somebody's good for the long haul as their position evolves over time? It's an, it's a, it's an investigative questioning process. Understanding where the client is, understanding what their culture is, and then also being straightforward with them. What are your long-term aspirations for this individual? Paint me a picture is what I like to say. What are the 12 things, or, or I start with three and ends up being 12, 15, what are the three things that we need this person to be doing three months into the job, 12 months into the job, and then so on? And that is where I go back and then I take that information, understanding the culture of the organization, helping the client with the job description, making sure that's all set up, and then I go back and identify an individual who has the experience, the proven aptitude, and validated ability to perform that job and ability to perform that task as we move forward. Ernie, for anybody who's watching or listening, if they'd like to learn more about you or would like to work with you, how do they contact you? They can, first of all, they can go directly to my uh, website, thewestviewassociates.com, or they can contact me directly. My first initial E, last name Russom, R-U-S-S-O-M is Mary, at thewestviewassociates.com. Either of those two ways, Dave. It'll work great. Sounds good. So let me ask you this. Um, we, we've all been in a circumstance as looking for a position or hiring for positions where you're, you're, you're doing that dance with the candidate and candidates dancing with the employer. And you talk about matching the cultural fit and the long-term objectives of the individual. When the company is in selling mode, trying to persuade the candidate, and the candidate is in selling mode, trying to persuade the employer that they're the right fit, 
How do you parse through that dance to really divine what the truth is and understanding the culture and the fit? For me, an analyzing the culture of the organization begins with pretty much a straightforward uh, analysis of the operation. Sit down with the CEO or whoever the designated party is I'm dealing with. Usually it's the CEO, the president, a board member. Uh, sometimes I'm hiring a, a controller, it's a CFO. And just sit back and just understand the operation. Look around. Hey, what's this place look like? Who are the, what, what's the makeup of the ownership structure? What's the culture of this organization? What do your other people like? What do they do? Where's this person going? Who's this person going to be interfacing with? Interfacing with the board? Are they going to be out, like, for example, an executive director of a nonprofit? They're going to be out doing fundraising. We better find some good fundraising attributes in that individual. And then what I do is I go back through my network. I know what my shopping list, in other words, is. And I go back to my network and I say, hey, I need your help. I know someone who is looking to hire someone with this, 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 high-level attributes. Who should I be talking to? So right now when I do that, I already begin with a validation process of someone's experience with someone else's culture. And then I go back and meet that individual. Not just talk to them on the phone. I meet with them. Meet with them twice. Validate everything else that, that, that I have been told about this individual. And then I sit back and an interviewer investigatively asks the questions of the individual the same as I ask the company. What do you want to do? Where do you see your go, self going? What makes you jump up out of bed before that alarm clock's off with a smile on your face and bound into work? What makes you want to stay in an operation many, many years later? What, what turns you on? And then I sit back and just match up those attributes with the attributes of my client and put the two together, make the introduction and facilitate the process from there. Yeah. It, it seems like that's probably a process that a lot of candidates haven't gone through. Right. Um, are you finding that they're open and, and honest when you ask that question about what gets them fired up when their feet hit the, bed, or the floor in the morning? You know, Dave, I do. And what happens is two things. First of all, they tell me, Boy, that is fantastic. That's what I really want to do in my job. The second thing they tell me is, you know, you're the first one ever to ask me that. And that's the proof to me that my process works and my process is producing results for my client and also for the candidate. Because what it comes down to is the candidate is really the reason why we're all here to begin with. This individual is going to be better providing for themselves and for their families. And if they can do it through a long-term process of stable uh, employment, then we have a deal. The client, when they can get the right asset in place that they can then go back and be very proud of, that's the asset that I'm looking for too. So it's really a win-win situation for yeah. both parties. Interesting perspective because you know, I think a lot of people would uh, agree that in their experiences working with recruiters as a candidate, uh, we all recognize that the recruiter is working for the company and not the candidate, and you seem to have taken it to a different level. Yeah, and, and, and it definitely, definitely works. And Dave, I've got to tell you something else, too. The information that, I've, that, that I'm sharing with you, you can see, cannot be accessed over the Internet boards, cannot be accessed by either brother-in-law who slips a resume over the transom. This is a process of investigation.
Yes, I am looking at the uh, person's qualifications, their accomplishments, not just their qualifications. How well can they do that job? But also, most importantly, as I'm putting that second piece together so we get the full tongue and groove, is what's the culture of that individual? What's the culture of the organization? Can that organization be happy with that individual as a long-term contributor? Great. On that note, we've got to take a quick commercial break. Ernie, you sit right there. We're not we'll done do, with Dave. you yet. Thanks. Uh, everyone else, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers. And stories to write. The ones dealt a bad hand who responded with courage. Do not pity a shelter dog. Adopt one. Say we've got grit, and we'll take it as a compliment. Because it's our uncommon drive, our spark within, that brings us together and sets us apart. We are temple made. And when others take shortcuts, when others take breaks, when others take the easy way, we take charge. Add us on social media to watch bloopers, behind the scenes footage, previews, and more. I work 13 hours a day, six days a week. So when I'm off the clock, I gotta get stuff done. So when I need a snack, I need something healthy, tasty, and easy to eat. Like wonderful pistachios without the shells. They're protein powered, delicious, and great on the go. And that's perfect for me. Thanks, Liz. A woman without a lot of time. Behind the Numbers, I'm Dave Bookbinder. Today, my guest is Ernie Russum, Executive Director of the Westview Associates, and we're talking about the ROI of hiring. Ernie, before the break, we covered a lot of territory. I uh, want to kick off the second segment here and talking a little bit more from your client's perspective, if, if you will. First segment, we talked on um, what the, um, the candidate experience is like and the investigative process that you use to tease out their strengths and their goals. And we touched on a little bit about what the client looks for in terms of the candidate. Let's talk a little bit about your process and how do you really understand the culture of your client companies? Dave, I do that by going back and having an investigative conversation with my client. Before I walk into the organization, I understand who they are, what their size is, who their client base is. I, I, I get to see a couple people inside the operation so I know who is there and how long they've been there. But then I go back into my client and I ask, I block off 45 minutes of a conversation and I understand what they want. And what do they want in this individual? What is this individual going to be accomplishing 12 months from now? So that they can consider that to be a success. And then I go back to my client, I ask what I think is probably the million dollar question. Tell me, client, if you could have three attributes of this individual, three attributes that you must have in this, in this new hire, what would they be and why? Dave, I'll tell you, that list never stops at three. Hmm. I have one client, it went on to 25. 
And the thing about it is, is that I learned more about the needs of that client, more needs of that hiring manager, more needs of the organization than I ever could have just by sitting back and just saying, oh, sure, here's a job description, go fill it. I mean, the job description is an important component. It tells someone about the, hopefully people are, are, are not their experiences, but their achievements in performing those tasks. But also, what else do you need in that organization? How is that person going to interface with our clients? How are they going to interface with the other people inside the organization, their peers? How are they going to interface with the subordinates, so the superiors? Everything is part of that. That's, for me, Dave, is the most important thing. And that's, and that's why I really pride myself on the importance of doing that. But you asked me what, how, what, what really turns me on about this whole process. It's when it's all said and done, the client comes back to me and say, hey, you were right. This learning all this information, sharing information with you. And very often the clients will come back and say, I never thought about what I really want in this individual. Now think about that. They're going back and they've had a job description. Standard process says, here's the job description, HR, internet boards, go find people with resumes that match that. They have not touched what I consider is the most important component, the cultural match. And that cultural match, along with the expertise of performing the task, the proven expertise to perform that task, that is what enhances the ROI of the hiring process, where you have a longer-term employee, a more productive employee, an employee that's not only productive in performing their jobs, but also synergistically contributing to the bottom line of that organization. One of the things I just parsed from what you just shared was that resumes don't tell the whole story. I guess LinkedIn profiles don't either? No, gosh. It's nice if they do. Um, the joke I have about accountants, and we've all heard it, an outgoing accountant can probably tell you the color of the other person's shoes as well as their, <laughs> as well as their own are looking down at, their process, you know, down at their feet. But Dave, people do not like to toot their own horns, as they say. With me, I need to prove that this person is an accomplished commodity for my client to consider. So I go back and say, hey, I, I like how you did that. I like how you enhanced um, that, uh, that, that process. What was the end result of that? What was the efficient efficiencies that came out of that process? How was the bottom line affected by that? And the client will go back and say, oh, yeah, sure. Or, or excuse me, the candidate I'm speaking with, oh, yeah, sure, I've done that. And that, this is the result. That's the result. It's like, well, why don't you tell me about that? Because that's what my client wants to hire. You know, Dave, when you hire somebody to be on your, on your relay team, you don't care that they can run the, the, the mile. You care how fast they can run the mile. And that's what I'm trying to get out from my, candidate, from my candidates, for my clients to understand that this is an individual who can perform the task and also do it. The other thing, Dave, is that the validation process for me is very important. Traditionally, here's somebody off the internet board, Bang, here's a resume, here's the job description, see you later, bye, where's my commission? Wait a minute, search firm, HR company, HR department who's done that, let's get a little bit more involved. How do you validate that process? You know, everyone who I present, before my client sees them, I perform a 360 degree professional reference of that individual. So I speak to a supervisor, a peer, and a subordinate.
And I'm asking them open-ended questions, probably about a 15-minute phone conversation. Tell me about the person's professional attributes. Tell me about their accomplishments. Tell me about their interpersonal skills. That's what matters. That's what matters for that individual. And that, again, divulges information off the culture. All of this is performed with open-ended questions. So it's not like we're going to be able to, to tease out the targeted results that we're looking for. Yeah, it's nuanced. Got it. Ernie, for our audience who wants to learn more about you, how can they contact you? Dave, they can contact me directly at my, uh, by email at E, my first initial, last name Russom, R-U-S-S-O-M as in Mary, at thewestviewassociates.com. They can also visit our website, thewestviewassociates.com, or God forbid, Google and hit me on LinkedIn, and all that information will be there as well. <laughs> nice. God forbid is right, huh? Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about diversity. How important is that for your clients in thinking about the hiring process? I like to make it as, um, as important, as understood as possible. People like to hire people who are like them. It's, it's oh, nature. Yeah. People tend to live in neighborhoods. People tend to affiliate with individuals. But it sits back, and for me, it's what is this... I ask the client right up, right up front, hey, what if this person has gray hair? What if this person has you know, a, a different nationality than us? Um, what's going on? And very often clients will pride themselves on the willingness to take in um, diversity. And, and, and they welcome diversity. I think in 2019, I, I think that's something which is extremely important, where companies do pride themselves on the diverse uh, attributes of their, uh, of their employee base. Yeah, and I keep learning more and more about that topic between what I'm reading and some of my guests have been kind enough to share. And not surprisingly for folks who are watching and listening, if you're involved in an RFP process, uh, diversity is uh, one of the many questions that you're asked about, right? Exactly, exactly. Dave, I'm also the um, local chairman of, uh, the, of the Greater Philadelphia Chapter, the Financial Executive Networking Group. Now, the Financial Executive Networking Group tends to have a lot of people like, uh, like you and me of the, same, uh, of the same generation. And whenever we have our meetings in Center City, Philadelphia, we have about 35 people attend each of our meetings. The question that comes up almost every meeting, hey, what are we seeing in the marketplace as far as adversity to hiring someone who is over 55, over 60? And for me, what I'm seeing is a sharp, bright employer will hire someone because of their accomplishments, their cultural fit, and, and those accomplishments come sometimes with gray hair, and that's what makes a person successful. Ernie, we only have about a couple of minutes to go in the program, but uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on family businesses. That's a topic we talk a lot about on this program, and I know it's difficult and nuanced at times to bring in a candidate to work in a family-run business where that candidate doesn't have the same last name as the family that owns the business. Talk a little bit about your experience in that genre, would you? I'm in it right now. It's a situation where you need buy-in. You need buy-in from everyone within the organization. And again, I take that same process of understanding what they want in that individual, what they want in the accomplishments, what they want in tasks to be performed, the proficiency of those tasks being performed, and the understanding that, hey, this person is going to be contributing to you, contributing to you as if they are and been with you forever. I had a client back uh, who was a subcontractor. The same situation has occurred. 
we made sure that we incorporated every family member inside the hiring process. So there was no, um, there was no prejudice at all that this person's last name was not theirs. There was no prejudice that this was made by my brother, my father, my son's hiring decision. This is being hired by all of us. You know, look, look in Philadelphia right now. One of the more successful companies in the greater Philadelphia area is Wawa. The Woods family has, were the founders of that company, their name was all the way through. Currently, the CEO president is not a Wood, and they're doing very, very successful in that process. The family is still involved in the organization, most certainly, but there's somebody else in that name. And that is what it comes down to, Dave, and that's what it is. Cultural fit, get buy-in from everyone in the family, but also their achievements of performing the tasks that are required. Yeah, let's flip the script and talk about it from the candidate's perspective, walking into a family situation uh, and understanding that you may have to make tough decisions and call out practices and procedures that have been in place for a long time that maybe aren't the most prudent from a business perspective. I get everybody bought into that process before it happens, and also the candidate as well, making them aware of what's going on. And the candidate, I encourage the candidate and the, current, and the candidates pretty much gravitate to make sure that every member of that family, and usually we're talking about smaller organizations too, so it's easy to do that, to make sure that they agree that this person is the process. This person is our answer. This person will get us beyond it. A lot of situations too with companies, as you know, when you reach third generation of uh, after the owner, we have a challenge where that company's inability to keep, or traditional, traditional challenges, I should say, to keep them moving forward. And that is where that outsider's piece brings into play as well. Yeah, so your process is really critical in this whole thing um, as we think about the whole talent management and pipeline cycle. Are there industry statistics that you know of, unfair question, uh, about the number of candidates, percentage of, of hires that, that don't work out long term in, in 60 seconds? I would say, Dave, I, I would say that number is relatively uh, high. It all depends on the culture of the organization, what's happening. Uh, I have a client right now, they went through 12 people in two years uh, simply because they were hiring off the internet boards. Uh, that's been a big challenge for them. Uh, I think a company who follows a process like I've designed, um, I think they'll have a much, much greater success about having a longer-term employees in that process. Yep, you got to get it right. On that note, Ernie, we've got to wrap up. Dave, thanks. Yeah, time goes quickly here. Uh, today we've been talking about the ROI of the hiring process with Ernie Russell, Executive Director of the Westview Associates. I'm Dave Bookbinder. If you want to contact me, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next time, take care.